Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more with your hosts, Brent Radlinski and Dave Van Robes. Listen in as we talk everything happening in the world of sports from a beer drinker's perspective. It's just like sitting in the sports bar, but with your pants off. Sports, beer, and shenanigans. So sit back, grab a few beer, and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Podcast, four beers, sports talk, and a whole lot more. Episode 194, April the 19th, 2022. Uh, tonight, unofficially brought to you by uh, Hell's Basement Brewery and in Medicine Hat. I pick up some uh, He Ain't Heffy uh, ahead of the uh, special thing we got coming up. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, maybe tonight, or we'll save it for Thursday. But uh, got some beers happening tonight, Dave. I uh, got uh, stopped in the Hell's Basement, picked up a six pack. Going to talk a little bit of baseball, talk some hockey. Got a, a would you rather uh, tie, no, uh, who is better teed up for later on. Got about uh, 12 or 13 different ones going on. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? What's going on? What's happening? Um, we got a care package from a, from a friend uh, the other day um, on account of my wife's absence from the house. And I was lucky enough to be gifted some beer. Um, the one I have right now is called Hellion Lager from New Level Brewing in Calgary, Alberta. It's nice. It's it's not the IPA. This is more of a Pilsner type beer. Yeah. I like it though. It's a very nice, easy flowing beer. Easy flowing beer. I like an easy flowing beer on a on a Tuesday night, which is different for us. Uh, we uh, didn't uh, broadcast last night. Uh, Dave had uh, Jasper's home opener. He said it was a little bit chilly, but how was the result of Jasper's uh, the, the, the 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 season opener opening day? How did it all go? It was cold. Uh, the uh, the kids are clearly a, a better uh, caliber than they were last year, both teams. Um, the Dodgers, Jasper's team, fell to the Athletics 9-6. Um, but it was cold out there, my friend. Like, fuck that. Hockey parents aren't that cold when they're watching uh, their sport. No, they're bundled up a bit more. They put quarters in the heaters, everything else in there. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a lobby they can watch from and everything else. Baseball parents are a lot braver, a lot warmer, everything else. Because you, you, as a as a baseball guy, you, you don't you normally see guys wearing parkas and boots and the whole bit. You, you, first off, you would look goofy doing it because you, you just have a certain uh, uh, outfit you're supposed to wear going to a ball game. Yeah, you can be as warm as you can, but you can't put you cannot put on the skadoosie. Ah, uh, especially when your kid isn't wearing that, right? I don't care. I'm doing it tomorrow, man. Like I had my Elmer Fudd fur hat on and a hoodie and my vest. And I had my sensible, not winter boots, but 
inclement weather boots and a blanket around my legs and i was still chillier like i i fucking hate being cold my man i'm gearing up tomorrow i'm even gonna bring my my ski pants i think because you got you keep that wind off you and then you're fine you know, and not Dave nine six for a little league game at this stage. So the pitching must have been okay. They couldn't have been a bunch of walks. Nine six is a pretty decent ball game for 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 a kid Jasper's age. Yeah, without yeah, I was impressed by both the the. It was cold, um, and so you know the it was the feeling there wasn't a lot of hits, um, but like on the flip side of that. There wasn't a shit ton of wild pitches like there usually is either. There was some good fielding plays and and the skill level is better and it was it was an entertaining game. It was just it was just a little too cold for my liking. Too cold, uh, Dave. I don't know how it was last night. Jasper's game for the uh, the, the umpires, everything else. Uh, I umpired on Sunday, Easter Sunday. There had a game PBA versus Edmonton Collegiate. Fantastic couple of ball games actually. Uh, the second one was 6-3. Uh, it's crazy what happens when pitchers throw strikes, batters swing the bat, they put the ball in play, how a game can last two hours and 45 minutes on a 6-3 score, nine-inning game, the whole bit. Um, it's a, watching a bit of baseball, as I usually do, uh, how things have changed. Saturday, the entire country of Canada was up in arms, uh, rightfully so to an extent. Jeff Nelson, Major League umpire, had, I believe 27, um, I don't want to say missed calls, but to incorrect calls, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, the J's versus the A's. Uh, the entire country, Canada, thinks that every call, all 27 were against the J's the way they were talking. Jays ain't losing the game, I believe, 6-5 or 7-5. It doesn't much matter. A uh, good comeback the Jays had, made, made it 5-5, gave up a couple of late hits the whole bit. Um, Charlie Montoya got uh, thrown out of the game. First time I've seen him angry in his short uh, tenure as the Blue Jays manager. Um, the umpiring wasn't good. You see that a lot, a lot lately. Not, geez, uh, you hate knocking on umpires because I am one. But Dave, the, missing 27 or 28 calls, whatever they were, some are um, non-consequential, they don't matter. Some matter, some are in big spots. I, I tend to believe that every missed call matters a lot. Because a, a 2-1 count can become a 2-2 count pretty quick or be, be a 3-1 count, which it should be. Um, Dave, what's your thoughts on Jeff Nelson's uh, umpiring performance on Saturday and uh, the, the outrage going across Canada and Jays fans on uh, into Saturday night and Sunday morning? Well, first of all, I'm going to address the, the Jays fan like it's – it happens. There's shitty umpires everywhere. And, and I, I don't want to talk about that. What I, what I do want to talk about it is the performance of the job that Jeff Nelson performed on that day, which he got paid a full salary for doing. And, and <laughs> if, if I'm under the understanding of the umpire union, he will face zero repercussions aside from social media. I retweeted this. Um, I know for sure I'm one account. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on again. There's a, there's a thing on Twitter called ump score, at ump scorecards. And it, the, I don't follow it because it gives you every single game, every single night. And it's, it's, it's a lot. A very, yeah. yeah. It's a, but, but when you look at it, it's easy to read. It's informative. They tell you exactly where the mistakes are. And Jeff Nelson that day as an umpire doing his job, he was right at his job 86% of the time. 
if you're not over 95 as an official, I'm writing you up. Like, I don't understand that. Like, like union, no union, whatever. 86% is a massive failure as an umpire calling That's balls bad. and strikes. That's really it, bad. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm reading it right now. He called one, 138 of 160 pitches taken. He got right. He missed. So then 32, 22. sorry, 22 pitches. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a game difference. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Jays, it, it just happened to be with the Jays, but any fan base that, that saw that had to be mortified. And, and like you said, Charlie Manuel, who never loses his cool, got tossed. And yeah. good, good. You got to take – if someone's going to do their job that terribly, like if that was a waiter or a waitress in a, in a restaurant, like, I, you know what, I'd still tip them, but very begrudgingly. Not in my 20s. They wouldn't have seen a dime. They may have got a dime. Well, Dave, we saw that at a local establishment and left on Saturday night. We went out for dinner for the first time in a long time together with Jasper and, and Deanne. We were out there and there was a, a little situation at an establishment in town and there were some people taking on the wrong people. And uh, and like you said, it wasn't the uh, it's usually the, uh, the, the the front of the house staff that takes the front of the uh, the abuse from a disgruntled customer. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you that that performance and there was they were blatant pitches. I and mean, I'm not, like we said before in the podcast, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, of the squawk box that they do have on the screen. It, it opens up a lot of, uh, false narratives and false conversations for people who watch the game a little bit or sitting at a bar at a bar stool and say, well, that pitch is outside. Well, I, okay. But there's, there's ins and outs and ups and downs. Cause as we're talking about Jeff Nelson's performance, Friday night, there was also they were showing on Twitter a uh, a, ro- a robo ump call where the they they have the robot umpire. They use the box. The guy upstairs tells the, the home plate guy that it's a ball or a strike or whatever it is. The, the, the home plate guy he called it a strike and it was clearly a ball. And everybody's like, "Well, what the fuck?" And the umpire's like, "Well, I'm just doing what I'm told, man." So it's not it's not a perfect system by any means, but that Jeff Nelson performance and it seems to be a lot. There was a a questionable call in the Yankee game on Friday night. As well, was it looked like it was a slide that was uh, could have been called a strike, but it was called up for ball four. I mean, the Yankees shouldn't have, you shouldn't you shouldn't leave it in the umpire's hand to begin with. The Yankees shouldn't be in a position where they're le- playing the Baltimore Orioles and coming down to eleventh inning waiting for a ball four or a strike three. Um, I'm a big big believer that players do need to, to not leave it in the umpire's hands. I, I I agree with that, but you know now we're talking momentum swings. You never know when the momentum is going to swing in a certain game, whether it be the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. Um, that beginning is coming, and and I, I I'll retweet it on my fourteen twenty day thing that the that Jeff Nelson scorecard. You can see how consistently he missed that one side of the plate, and I guess maybe by the fourth inning, as a hitter, you got to you got to take a hack at it and just foul it off because you know, this asshole is going to call it a strike and you should be on base, but now you got to just foul it off and hopefully get a fat one. The next pitch. Well, on like funniest should bring that up, Dave. Like you, you knew what I was going to come up with next because on Sunday, like when I'm when we do a game together, we're, we're amateurs 
but we try to do as a professional job as we possibly can. Uh, one of the younger guys on the three-man crew, he was on the plate the, the, the first game. I was in the second game. And we we critique each other and say what you could have done right, what could have done wrong, and help each other out a little bit and what was uh, what was good. And I, I, I flat out, he, he asked how his own was. I said, well, it was shitty, but it was consistently shitty because he was calling things low. Like he 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 made he made four or five calls in a row that were low that weren't weren't strikes, but I think the hitters adjusted to this is at a co- collegiate level, so it's a little bit different, obviously. But he was adjusting to the hitters were adjusting to the umpire, knowing that this this is where his zone was that day. And we're like I said, we are amateurs. We try to get things, and you do adjust and get things right. But um, if an amateur, if an amateur ball player can adjust to a strike zone, why can't a professional not, not why why can't a professional baseball player adjust to a strike zone? They shouldn't have they shouldn't have to, but you know sometimes it's just the way things are. You don't know what happened with the umpire, which is his job. He's professional. He's a professional. He's got to be doing his job properly, but sometimes play haters got to adjust a little bit too. Um, well, like you said, I don't think they right. should, but like, shouldn't but like, have to, but see, no, but like the other word that you said that, that is a, the, the major focal point to, I think calling a good game, if you're going to be behind the plate is consistency. Yeah. Like if that's a strike now, that's going to be a strike two innings later. That's going to be a strike. Like hundred percent. Like, I, like I missed it, but I'm going to call that thing a strike all night. Okay. Like you can't ever say that. Yeah, like you don't, now, like you don't, you, you don't start, you start here. You don't give out Cole's notes version of here's a strike zone this game. I, I know what you're saying, but, yeah. but you know, like there's almost like a telep- uh, telepathy, uh, te- telepathy, telepathy. Is that the word I'm looking for? Where, anyways, uh, just like a little mind meld. Okay, okay, like we're good. And then I can even see an umpire subconsciously doing that, like calling him one that's a little bit outside of strike, and it's like, oh fuck, I think I missed that. But oh, yeah. I'm going to call that a strike all night and let them know that's going to be a strike. Even though I know I shouldn't be calling this a strike, I'm going to be calling that a strike all night because I got to be fair to both teams. You know, you don't want to get to a point back what was the 97 World Series. Who was that? It was in Greg. Uh, the heck was his name? Great big bugger. And uh, he was, he's kept going further and further. Oh, Brown further for the Marlins. Kevin yeah, Brown for, with the for, Marlins. Further and further outside. It was I'll like, never and, forget that. And, and like, just like, Holy cow! The, the the catch was was pretty much set up in the other other batter's box, and he was hitting the spot, and he kept calling strike after strike after strike. And then Hernandez was a a a pitcher there too for the Marlins. Leave on Hernandez. It, 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 it got, it got absolutely it was it got absolutely crazy. They gifted and that. The so you don't want to see that. that. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it it is a hard thing, but like you said, David, it is this guy's job to be you know, better than 95%, right? And you, and you have a bad night. There's gotta be some kind of, some kind of uh reprimand for this guy's performance to maybe sit out a game or lose a game fee or, or something. I don't know. I don't know what you could possibly do. They, what, what suggestion do you have for major league baseball to reprimand these guys? Cause I don't know if this guy's consistently good or consistently bad. Maybe he had a bad day. It does happen. We've all had bad days at our jobs. What do you think could happen to something like this where you go, dude, we can't have this as a, uh, as a professional occupation, we cannot have this in our ranks. Well, here's the thing of the thing um, that umpire scorecards that I, that I brought up and retweeted um, his, his normal overall accuracy is 
so I'm not going to throw him down. I'm, I'm not going to um, Angel Hernandez's ass or anything. Like, someone can have yeah. a bad day. And then, like, what I just described, like, I was like, okay, that's a strike. Ah, fuck. No, I'm going to call it a strike for both sides. And, and I know it's, I know the box isn't going to be good, but now these guys know I'm going to be doing it for both sides. Maybe that's what's going through his head. I don't know. I do not know. What I do think, though, is like, um, I, I don't know how the agreement works, the collective bargaining bargaining agreement works between Major League Baseball and the Umpires Association. But I do think there has to be some kind of, for lack of a better word, reckoning as to job performance. Just because you've been doing this job for 12 years does not guarantee you're going to be doing this job for a 13th year. If, if specific complaints can be written up by certain teams, and, and especially if you can show like a bias towards a certain team or a certain player where clearly emotion is getting the better part of this person trying to trying uh, performing their job that they're paid well to do. There has to be some kind of thing written into the union saying like, OK, like. First step, you don't get any playoff games. Second step, you know, like you're now you can't be behind the plate. And I would imagine, I don't know if they're on a rotation. They're on a they, rotation. They're on yeah. Rotation. So like, so they, they, they switch you. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know enough inner workings, but I, I would like there to be some kind of punitive system set up, not even monetarily, but like, we're just going to slowly choke you out of work and then tell you you're not wanted anymore. Like to get sent out for minor league assignment for a couple of weeks to, to fix things up. I don't know, but I guess if it could happen consistently enough, that could happen. You'd get told to go on vacation or something. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it just seems to be. Um, and I, I, I blame television a lot. We see it a lot more because of the, the, the box and everything else. You see, you see things a lot more that they're, the mistakes that they, these guys make, they just get compounded a lot more than they, than they used to 20 years ago. Because every game is now available to us, and Twitter is available to us, and the apps are available to us. And I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not giving these guys a, a, a pass, but it's it's a thing, right? Well, you know, and, and even then too, like uh, it's not just tuning in at 10 o'clock to watch uh, Sports Center either. Like we know, like on the Twitter machine, we know the worst call of the night, we know the worst play of the night, we know the highlights, we know the highlight good and bad yeah. of every game right at our fingertips. And that's, and, and, and it's just the way of the world right now, but that doesn't excuse bad performance. What would be worse in this segment on this day? What would be worse? Um, an umpire calling a ball for that's questionable or a strike three is questionable to end a, a world series or a, NHL referee making a questionable call on a overtime for a guy to get a penalty shot and they score on a penalty shot in overtime to win the Stanley Cup. What would be a worst? I think it'd be worse uh, uh, the baseball because at least if you make a terrible call in hockey, you're you're you got your foot on the scale, right? But if doing it baseball, you're directly affecting that play, like calling a guy out that should not be like striking a guy out or walking him. Like there's no, there's no going back from that. You are directly putting that guy on first base. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Whereas in hockey, you're giving a guy a penalty shot to win the Stanley Cup on a bad call. But like, well, but what's uh, like, I think they score in penalty shots 30, 40% of the time. You're, you're definitely putting your, you're, you're definitely affecting the outcome of the game. But, but in baseball, it's more immediate, immediate. Like it's, it's, it's not, right it's now. not now. It's right now. Yeah. It's, it's right now. He's a, it's a, it is a tough job. And you, you give these guys credit. They are usually really, really good. Like you, you watch a lot of games. They, they, they don't miss much. You know, out of 200 pitches, they get, they get 12 wrong. That's pretty good. You know, there's your 94%. So it's a, it's a tough job. But when, when guys like Nelson have a bad one, especially the way it was talked about here in Canada, it was quite the, uh, it was the first thing guys talked about Monday morning at work. When I saw them guys that, you know, watch baseball, maybe watch because of Easter weekend, they watch some more. They're like, you see that performance by the umpire. I was like, yeah, you had a bad one. Who knows? Anyways, 1420 sports podcast, four beers, sports talking a whole lot more. Be nice to the umpires though. I disagree. Disagree. Be, be nice. Hold to them accountable. They have families too. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not waiting for them out of the gate. But if they blow a call, they're going to hear it if I'm in the seats. They're going to hear it. And trust me, I've heard Dave yell. I can yell, man. <laughs> Fourteen twenty sports podcast. Four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Dave, uh, over the weekend when we were having dinner, we were talking about uh, pitchers getting yanked too soon. We brought up the, the Kershaw thing once again. That was all the, the talk around the ball field this weekend. Uh, that one won't go away. And then you see pitchers going to uh, short outings or say to save their arms, throwing 60 pitches. No, I'm not giving Garrett Cole a, a free pass tonight for throwing 66 pitches and one and one and two thirds innings getting yanked. Yankees held on for a, a victory tonight, but Cole, man, that's a, that's, that, that's, we won't get into that, but that's a fucking disaster waiting to happen. Um, pitchers are getting yanked way too soon on Sunday night. Uh, I was watching, the uh, the K Rod broadcast the uh, the the Braves the Padres telecast and Jeff Hassan came on on ESPN. He's a great great broadcaster, great guy. Um, knows the game inside out, and he made he made the best point. I don't know if we talked about it, Dave. Uh, I'm sure we have a time or two. But he said the biggest problem that baseball has for length of games is there's too many pitchers. If he was on the 1420 podcast, he probably would have said there's too many fucking pitchers. Because now managers have no trust in their guys. They pull guys out of whims. They, they're on these pitch counts that are just phantom things. They, they put guys in this max effort thing. All the stuff that we talked about last week, Passon was reiterating. He must listen to the 1420 podcast. Um, Dave, 
What's your thoughts on when a, a pitcher's rolling? Uh, it's early. I get it. But if a guy's going with a shutout, like Nestor Cortez was on, on Sunday for the Yankees, you said you and Josh were watching the game. What's your thoughts on pulling a guy because his pitch, pitch count gets a little bit up there? It's going to be one of those things that I just don't understand the, the logic, but I just simply don't um, how analytics can, I don't think anal, analytics can, can prove this on the pitching side. I understand that I don't understand how it works on, on, on the hitter side of things about launch angles and, and blah, blah, and hitting for home runs and not average and no more. I, I understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand why I don't understand why they're doing this shit with the pitchers, like pulling, like when a, when a pitcher's rolling, when a, when a pitcher has his stuff is on that night and you're, you're pulling them with no hitters, you're pulling in the seventh inning, you're pulling them um, throwing shutouts. I did watch that game on, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, um Yankees Sunday. were Yankees were in Baltimore. Um Jasper and I watched the first five innings and both guys were just dealing. The Yankees pitcher had uh, the immaculate inning that we talked about just not too long ago. Nine pitch, three strikeouts. It was it was a duel. It was awesome. And then Jasper and I went out and uh did some father uh son stuff, which I couldn't watch the game. You get back and you know you settle in after supper and and look at the scores. And I saw Baltimore beat him five nothing. So oh the guy finally got lit up. And then so you push the box score. He didn't get lit up. He got fucking yanked after 80 pitches and six and a third innings. It's like why? 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 Like, how did analytics treat you right there? I don't, I don't understand this. I, I'll just never understand when a guy is feeling it, you don't let him ride it out. I, I'll just never understand because that's sport. Sport is you're not you're not this good every day. Even the best have great days. And then so when you're average and having a great day, you ride that fucker out. I don't get that. Especially when now they're talking about you know, saving arms and saving arms. But you know what? When the guys like Nest, like Nestor Cortez, I, we hate, I hate the Yankee boy here. Nestor Cortez doesn't throw overly hard, throws a lot of curveballs, a lot of off-speed stuff, change-ups, everything else. He's not going to throw his shoulder out. He's not throwing 103 miles an hour. He's fine. Let him keep going. Give your vaunted bullpen a fucking rest. Because that's what you're talking about. Out of, these managers and front office staffs and analytics, they talk out of both sides of their mouth so much. That you're like, okay, you're saying this, but doing this, and you're doing this and saying this, it, it makes zero sense. If a guy, if you can save arms for, because then you had an off day the next day, you could probably save some more arms. So why go, why go into your third and fourth guy when you have a zero zero ball game? Let him keep going. Say, you know what, man, this is this is you. Go for it. Go for it. Why not? At zero zero, I'll never understand why not because you like he's clearly feeling it. And you're no, he, you're, you're, you're no further behind if you if you let him keep going. So here's my question. Are they pulling the pitchers to protect their arms? Or are they pulling the pitchers so they don't have to see the order a third time? The biggest thing lately, Dave, in the last few years, they don't want to see guys going through the order the third time because then they, they can catch up to them. 
and they, they can they can fit because they've watched their they're they're around their iPads and the dugout so much they're they're watching the game so much they're saying this is the curveball this is this you missed it missed it last at bat blah 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 but as you just said there's days where some guys just have it like they just have it and what it is I don't know I've been watching baseball for 47 years I don't know what is there's guys who've been playing baseball for 100 years they don't know what is but it is but there is some days you just have it. So why not let it just play itself out? That's it. That is sports, right? You know, any like chip in a chair, any given given Sunday, like you just never know when it's your day, your day. I I read something a long time ago is um, fuck. I wish I remember who said it, but like you got to test your luck every day because you could be walking around lucky and never know it. That is it, right? You just, never know when it might be your day it's 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 baseball is the only sport that's dumb enough like if a goalie's got to shut up with 10 minutes left you don't change fucking goals you just don't right if a, if if a quarterback is is your guy and you're up 38 24 you don't put the backup in to protect the lead like it, it they're, they're stupid analogies but they make sense. Like, how can baseball be, get get this point now? Where look how dumb you are, man! Look how stupid this. Think about this: your guy has a shutout in the sixth, seventh inning, and you're taking him out to put in a guy who hasn't pitched yet, and we don't know what he's. We, we don't know what he's. He might be able to do. We don't know. This guy's actually doing it. It what we asked him to do. We're putting a guy in that we don't know what he's capable of today. It makes zero sense to me why, why baseball has become this ridiculous fucking analytics nerd-driven sport. I don't understand it. With a guy's uh, uh, three for three, three home runs, seven RBI, and now in the eighth inning is his fourth at bat. No, no, you've you've hit enough home runs today. Like, let's sit you down. You're like, you, you have the deep, the, the, deep, the defense will say that. The defense will say <laughs> we're not letting them hit. His old manager won't say, oh, that's enough. Somebody you've else hit enough home runs today. That's you've been too, you've been too dominant today. Barry, have a seat. Just sit down. You've hit enough. Sit down. You've had enough. It makes zero sense. While baseball's gotten to that point where you don't let a pit, uh, you you don't let these athletes succeed. Like it's almost they're expecting guys to fail, and that's that. That used to be the glory of baseball because if you if you fail seven out of ten times a hitter, you're going to the fucking Hall of Fame. It's totally like in, it's, in it's the his, totally, in the history of baseball. I wonder what the the career batting average is. It isn't two fifty. Like it's I don't not. Think so either. No, like I, I, I wouldn't think so, think so. So, at the very at the very most, this guy who's cruised who's six and a third, if he sees three more batters, all three aren't getting hits. It's just it's it's just the math that works. Like. It, well, when I say the math that works, when I play uh, on on the Xbox, I play baseball with Jasper. Jasper's you know, getting a lot of airtime tonight. Well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> but but the wife doesn't like playing video games with me. So uh, anyways, um, when we're playing, the starter in video games has five innings, and then he starts getting touched. But, but you have a bullpen. And then, but every game you play, like we don't play season, we just play one-off. Yeah. And then we put another pitcher, and then you got like three more pitchers for the last three innings. 
that is what made uh, managing the pitching staff of a major league franchise has been. The second you see any fall off, whatever, okay, that guy, because they think video games, he's going to have this, he's going to have this cutter, he's going to have this. Like, but this is now real life, right? You were, we're, it's not a video game. You can't treat the pitching position as such. No, it's, and it it's frustrates so, me. Like, and then they throw the, and the next guy comes in and he throws max effort, like we talked about last week. And they throw their shoulder out. And that's why these guys' careers only last because they, well, I'll give you one inning. I can throw 98 mile an hour sliders. I throw everything so fucking hard, and then I'm done. And then I sit for three nights because I can't pitch again till till Friday. So you got a pitcher that's just you're 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 and you're pulling an opportunity away from the guy that's a pitcher. So then who's you just have cruising with all that so breaking ball. Then you have to have a, a 15 or 16 fucking person uh, bullpen pitching staff. So now you only have a, a bench staff of two extra players. Again, roster construction now makes no sense. You got to have all these arms. Like back when the, the Yankees, I was listening the other day. I can't remember what show it was. It was actually a Yankee pregame thing with John and Susan. Joe Torrey couldn't decide where to go with nine or 10 pitchers for the playoff roster. Now they're talking 16 pitchers on a roster. Fuck me. How do you fit all these guys in? So then you got to fit all these guys in to keep them going. I don't, I, I like, I, 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 I'll, I'll never understand. Well, well, we need to expand the roster. No, you don't. You need to let your pitchers pitch more than five fucking innings. And you need your pitchers to pitch. And that's what slows the game down as well, because you got all these pitching changes every other fucking inning. All righty versus righty, lefty versus lefty. And, you know, this having to face three batters and stuff like that, that's a good rule. I I agree. But, like, you know, if they expand the roster to more to just for arms, Fuck that. I yeah, might be done that. with baseball. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I'll, I'll never be that. done, but I'll turn the channel. Oh, fuck that. Cause that's exactly what happens. Every time there's a pitching change, you change the channel and then now you're going to start watching something else. Yeah. Like, unless you're a fan of the game, but it's, if, if, it's, if it's a game that you just stumble across and the guy is cruising and then all of a sudden, pitching change and pitching change off. The middle, they, I might they, as well watch the fourth quarter of an NBA game. The middle innings of any uh, of any uh, baseball game get awfully awfully long and dull. And you start you start adding pitching changes every like sometimes two to three pitching changes in the inning. It's like uh, I'm good, man. Uh, I'm good. It's uh, the first three are great except when Derek Cole pitches. Piece of shit. But anyways, fourteen twenty sports podcast four viewers sports talk and a whole lot more. Dave, the NHL season's quickly winding down. Players or teams are uh, jockeying for player position. There hasn't been a year like this in a long time, Dave. The scoring is up for uh, many reasons. One, we talked about the tonight, goaltending. Goaltenders just aren't as good. Um, the mayhem of the uh, the COVID season's got maybe defense are tired, maybe the travel, everything else, getting to people, the, the different couple of the last couple of years that we've had. But it's been a a high scoring season. There's been some very odd things happening, but the one thing that can't be, uh, can't be missed. I think Dave is the coaching change that had happened in last off season that have paid dividends for a lot of these teams. Uh, you named, named the flames. Yes. Sutter came in last year for a little bit, but then you have Jar Gallant going to the Rangers who are now our contenders. You had the coaching change in Florida with it, with the Quinville situation. Um, the Jack Adams trophy to me 
um, usually goes to coach on the best team. So, you know, we're the best team. But there are some teams this year that I think coaching has made a big difference. And we're going to see it come to playoffs where the coaching staff, and I'm not seeing the analytics staff, I'm seeing the coaching staff has a lot to do with it, starting with the head coach. But 100%, um, I think hockey and football are the two professions that coaching matters the most, um, from philosophy to, to behavior to day-to-day. Like, whatever, whatever they do, the, the culture that they instill when they, become, they come into the building. Um, the other coach, I would say, and, and this blows me away, how the fuck can Brad McCrimmon shit all over the Oilers Take two years yeah, off and, and coach the LA Kings to the playoffs. McClellan. Uh, McClellan, McClellan. Sorry. Yeah. What did I say? McCrimmon. That's, McCrimmon, that. that's, yeah. that's the Kings. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. The Vegas. Yeah. How did, how, like, I, uh, like, did he forget to coach when he was in Edmonton? I well, don't get it. I don't, I don't either. Cause, cause uh, the Kings were a t- team that was basically uh, all the, c- c- the early season prognostications. The Kings weren't going to do a thing. And McClellan's got them in a playoff spot, probably to face the Calgary Flames as of right now. So it'll be, Sutter against his old team, the way it's going to go. But yeah, McCle- McClellan's had a hell of a year. Got uh, the most from from uh, not a whole bunch there in in, La- in Los Angeles, and you know he's he's probably up for the coach of the year candidate as well. It's it's crazy how these guys they they. they it's crazy how these guys get recycled so much throughout the league from team to team to team. And it's not very often where you get a new guy to come in. Um, so how this happens year after year, how these guys just, they have a shelf life on every, every team that they go to. And then it, it just seems to something clicks. I, I, I can't explain it because McClellan was, he was with San Jose for years. And then, you know, he's been a team Canada guy as a, as a, uh, an assistant coach. And then now he's, you know, like he said, he's in, he's in LA. And when he was in, in Edmonton to that cesspool of hockey, it just didn't work. I don't know. It's, it's odd. It, it, it's so odd. Like, like uh, someone like Daryl Sutter in Calgary, I get it how it works with him, right? Like, he's a hard ass. I think he's, um, I think players love him, but like after four years, they don't love him. They're just tired. They're just tired. They're onto his shtick. When his shtick, when he's new, it works. And that's what happened in Calgary, right? That's what happened. Like, he, well, he's had a bit of a career and he, and he obviously learns from his, previous stops along the employment train and he figured it out in, in LA obviously but then his message grew a little bit tired if you're not elite and you're not winning his message gets old the 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 job he did with the flames is amazing well you I look think. at that you look at that you look at Brucey e. Boudreaux who's uh, Vancouver Canucks you got brought in uh, first third of the season co- which leads to the question, can you get coach of the year and miss the playoffs? I think when in a case like Brucey e. Boudreaux, is isn't out of the realm of possibility because he was that Vancouver team was there were just they were struggling. Uh, things aren't going good. They've been rebuilding since 1994. Last time they made the Stanley Cup uh, finals. Uh, that's a lot. Oh, no, they made the finals in uh, 2011. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that Vancouver fans. You guys burn your city down quite regularly. Um, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. They haven't been anything since 11. Boudreaux comes in, turns things around. They've been 36 and whatever since they uh, since he came in, and they're they're knocking on the door of playoff spot right now. And you can't take you can't take that for granted when you're starting to vote, vote for your coach of the year awards because it's not his fault he wasn't there from the beginning of the season. Yeah, like uh, it's as, as far as the coaching change clearly being the thing that 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 changed the season around. It happened with Edmonton as well, but that was a little bit later than uh, Boudreaux. And with the, with the players that that the guy in Edmonton has, they're supposed to be that good. Correct. Yeah. Right. It's- and I mean, Smith and Smith has been better in net, but I wouldn't give the Edmonton guy. I don't even know his name. So he probably won't be there this time next year because that's where Edmonton does things. Um, they're supposed to be that good because of the guys that they have. Like when you have McDavid, you're not supposed to miss the playoffs. When you have I agree. McDavid, like when you have McDavid and Dry Drysaddle, you're not supposed to miss the playoffs. So the coach of the year is basically exceeding expectation award. I would say so. Yeah, but the problem, see, the problem I have with that is that what is expectation? Like, is because a guy like John Cooper, ex Notre Dame Hound, um, What's his expectation when two Stanley Cups, right? If he is, no matter what he does, it's a step back unless he wins again. Correct. So can he win a Jack Adams without winning, without having, because the, the playoffs don't count for, for voting. The voting's for, done for the coach, before the playoffs. For the coach yeah. year. So what would, what would John Cooper have to do to get himself a, a Jack Adams award? Like I have no idea. Like uh, lose four free agents and and do the and then make the Stanley Cup Finals. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like because uh, Slats and John Muckler back in the day when the Oilers were ripping off ring after ring after ring. I don't know how many Coach of the Years there were there, but zero. I would say I don't. I don't want. I don't know. Tim, check check that for us, please. Uh, I, I would say I would say that Glenn Sater didn't win one Jack Adams award. <laughs> I wouldn't think, right? But, like it's, but is that his fault? Is that his fault? Oh, yeah. you, because as a coach, especially back in the eighties and the nineties, when you did rule the roost and you were and and you were telling these these players because they were the, the players didn't run the operation like the coaches do, like the players do now. You would you would have so many. Um, attitudes and personalities to, to to meld together and try to make sure that everybody gets along and, and all of that. 
it would have been tough to coach back then because you had you had especially say there he had the best of the best right so he had to get this guy his ice time this guy hit this ice time yes winning is fun but you also you, know, wanna, you also want to be the, the the big the big dog on on the on the porch do you not I I totally disagree. Back in that day and time with a crew that young, winning is so fun. Winning is fun. You just like the money wasn't the thing. Like nobody Gretzky wasn't making a million dollars a year. He was a like, million. Was like, yeah. But it was but it, it was like just life was so fun owning a town and 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 being young and on the best hockey team in the world. That feeds on itself, and you just don't upset the apple cart. So, do you think coaching back? Geez, fuck, we're getting old, Dave. Do you think co- coaching back forty years ago was easier than it is today? Because now, I, I I would bet you that coaches have to. Oh, I don't want to say so. I don't know. Actually, I, I'm going to say because no one's fucking listening, anyways. But um, if you had thirty good players on your roster. Are you dealing a lot more with the agent now? You're dealing a lot more with the the, the the player now more than you were 30 years ago because I want mine. Whereas back, like you said, back back in the day, winning winning usurped everything, and there was no money back then. Now everybody wants to get paid. Everybody wants a, a, a sponsorship. Everybody wants this, and they're. The agents need this. It's my contract year for that. And like, do you, do you think, cause, or is that more of a GM's got to deal with that? The, the coach does not deal with that kind of crap. I agree. It, it, like, and that's that I think that has to do with setting the culture behind the doors. Like once you walk past these doors, you're an employee. Like that means this and like, you're not a brand. I don't care about the fucking brand. I don't care about your TikTok. I don't take care about your Instagram. This is the thing. We're all in the boat. We get it. We get get in your seat and start pulling the oar. I'm gonna ask some guys to pull oars differently. I'm gonna do this. But if we're a team and we do this, we are gonna succeed. And then nothing feeds success like more success like more success happens when success happens it just feeds and it snowballs and then you're going to have bumps in the road and then like this is why we lost and if we can all be professionals about this you'll understand what i'm saying and we'll do what i'm saying and i think i think a coach aside from i i do believe like tactics and game planning and line matching is a huge part of the game but that last 15%, especially at an NFL, uh, sorry, NHL level, is all about finding ways to bond that team as a team and to 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 tap into their joy of playing the game and to tap into the joy of winning. Because at the end of the day, every sport you put the the you put the score on the board because the score fucking matters. And we're all playing here because we want to see us with more numbers than them. At the you, end of the game. Dave, you wonder why that, that doesn't like if I was an NHL GM and or a coach or whatever in management, I would put if, if a kid came in, I'm, I'm going to use Johnny Goodwill for, for example, just because he's going to be a free agent this year in Calgary. They haven't won fuck all. He might win an, uh, an Art Ross this year, most points. He's having a great year, free agent year. Weird how that works. Hey, and then, uh, 
I'm going to just use Goudreau as an example. I'm leaving. I want 11 million bucks as much as this guy. But then you got to pay this guy. And you got to pay this guy. Do you go, do, do you get Daryl Sutter and Brad Living in a room and say, okay, Johnny, you're going to make more money than you will ever, ever, ever spend in your lifetime. Stay here. We're building something. We're close. If you leave for greener pastures, the grass ain't always greener, man. It's just different. Look at what Crosby's done with three, three cups in Pittsburgh, $8.7 million. Team-friendly contract. Do players care up that much about winning anymore? I think we're going to find out. And and, and Gujo's a perfect example. The honest conversation has Having a hell of a year. A, a, a super hell of a year. Um, what I read, the most um, even strength points in 35 years. That with with six seven games left to play, yeah. Like that's, I thirty five. I might be making that up, but it's been a long fucking time. Um, what do you want? Like, what do you want out of your career? Do you want to be a winner, or do you want to make the most possible money? Like, what's the difference between making nine point five here in Calgary and making eleven point five for Philadelphia, who's in a rebuilding process and, and not even close. And who knows where the fuck they're going? We're really close, and we're gonna and know this. We're gonna have this exact same conference uh, phone call with uh, Kachuk as well. Why don't we put him on speaker? This is what we're talking about. We're not gonna talk numbers with you, uh, Goudreau and Kachuk. We've got you both on the phone. This is what we want to do. This is our commitment with you. We're putting all our chips on the table. If you want to leave, we understand, but. We'd really love a commitment from you guys to, to, to sign at a reasonable level so we can fucking put rings on these fingers. Because Kachuk's I, not 25, is he? I think I think he has one more year, and then he's oh, a free he, agent. No, he's done this year, too, because he signed that two-year bridge deal. He's done this year. He bet on himself big time, yeah. Well, so whatever. Like, it's they got some decisions to make. And, you know, maybe it might be better for the Flames as an organization for them not to win because you put a ring on that finger and, okay, now I can chase the fucking dog. Okay, okay, then, you know what? Then this would be the year for the Calgary Flames to win one because then then they go, okay, well, thanks. Thanks. Go. If you, if you, if you feel the need to go, go. If you want to stay, stay. But this is how much money, especially in a cap situation, this is all we have, man. Yeah, and but then you look at a, at a situation like Las Vegas, who has now treated their players oh. like absolute fucking shit. No loyalty. The disdain that people have across the country for the Vegas Golden Knights, it's it's, it's astonishing. Yeah, like the, the goodwill that they built up over their first two years, like expansion. Maybe it's a gone. Of, and now it is fucking gone. Like they're going to get they, I don't. They lost last night at home, I think, to Jersey. <laughs> and and that and you, you think like the looks in the players. I actually watched the uh, end of the game last night, and the look on the players' faces last night is like that's probably it. We that we that's two points we had to have, and that's that's hurt. Yeah. When you're chasing, and I, I also saw since uh, Eichel got traded to Vegas, 
Buffalo and Vegas have the exact same record. Crazy, hey? With $40 million. Buffalo, uh, like Vegas is $20 million over the cap. Over the cap. And they're good. They're I'm not good. I'm not gonna say gonna like are probably not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. And nobody has any sympathy for them nobody. at all. Because no. they're they're treating it like a business. There's no loyalty, the way they treat their players. Um, they pay them handsomely, but you know, like where's the camaraderie? Where's where's everybody getting in the boat, pulling the oar in the same direction? Yeah, like fuck you, this guy can pull harder. Dave, one day we got to get somebody on the show who knows all about the uh, capology and cap geek and everything else because I don't understand how you can be that far over the cap and because I'm not a lawyer or an accountant, I, I don't get it. Like it's uh, you put guys in long term and it just it's a, it's just a lot of reading that I'm not willing to do. But I'd like to if somebody if somebody listening out there wants to be on the show, let us know because I don't understand. Put put it put it in 14, 20 terms for me and Dave because it to, to me it's just a lot. Send us your CV. We'll review all applicants accordingly, <laughs> and then you'll hear from us. Don't Anyways, call. Don't, yeah, email 1420sports at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, the hotline, who knows? But, yeah, it just seems like it just seems a lot to me how they can make that work, and other teams don't. Because if – or is Vegas just that much smarter? Can't be. Well, how can you be twenty million over the cap in hockey? No, okay, and miss yeah. the playoffs. Like that's not smarter, smarter that way, but it's just something like how they can make that go. But anyways, Jack Adams, the Stanley Cup players are coming up. We'll do a uh, probably a week and a half from now. We'll do a, a little preview show once the matchups are there. We'll predict who we're going to think of them in the Stanley Cup. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs as of right now. Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary Flames Stanley Cup final. That is so bold. It's not going to happen. I'm going to say the Boston Bruins versus the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, fuck. Circa 1988 all over again. Mike Smith go. is so fucking hot. We should get Peter Klima back out there and Andy Bogue. Jesus Christ. That's a, my, And my prediction's bold. <laughs> oh well we're gonna find out like like who no one believes in toronto the 1420 sports podcast four beer with a screaming hot takes and bold predictions we'll be right back in a second folks with a round of who is better <laughs> the bruins and the oilers the bruins and the oilers wouldn't that be fabulous Look who's getting his jersey back out. Oh, yeah. No, nope, I, I will never buy it. I will be cheering for the Oilers, but there ain't no fucking way I'm buying a jersey. Bring the old one back out, guaranteed. Uh, Daryl Katz can <laughs> lick my ass. Here you go. Dave, before we get into who is better, uh, one of my favorite segments, I put a little bit of work on this one today. Off air, you uh, came up with the where were you when. We should probably find some more of those where were you when, because this one and <laughs> The time frame that you thought it was compared to what it actually was it was, was what made me laugh uh, off air a little bit. But Dave, give me that where were you when uh, scenario for, uh, what are we, uh, April the 18th night slash 19th, 2022 it is right now. Um, I was working at Buffalo Bills as a busboy. We've talked about that before and in Buffalo Bills in the, in the dining room. 
they had a big screen TV and there was an NHL playoffs going on today in 1987. So I was, oh fuck, I was 17 years old. Bussing tables in Buffalo Bills, watching out of the corner of my eye on the big screen. What's been dubbed as the Easter Epic. The it was in the Stanley Cup playoffs, game seven. Uh, the New York Islanders versus the Washington Capitals. Yeah, Dave, I was on a, a Boy Scout camp out up in the Crow's Nest Pass up in the mountains somewhere. Somehow we picked the game up on the radio. I don't know why it was on a, a game that like of that. Uh, Cause that's, I don't know why it was a Sunday night, I believe, but it was, uh, I don't know why that game was on the radio, but it was, we heard the thing. Uh, Dave, what made me laugh uh, off air the most was when I, you said it was 25 years. I said, no man, that's 35 years. And uh, it's funny how the, the nineties aren't 20 years, aren't 20 years ago anymore. <laughs> and this was 87. So it's yeah, like, and the eighties, yeah. the eighties aren't 30 years ago anymore. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite funny how you came up, but no, I remember, like, I remember getting home and my mom was talking about the game. Dad was talking about the game. Then obviously we didn't see it. I, I don't know if it was, they, they taped on the VHS, but Pat LaFontaine scored, I believe in the fifth overtime on Bob Mason, uh, spin around a slap shot, just a desperation. We do whatever we can do. And it went in the net and Mason couldn't even fall down and try to stop it. Left-handed goaltender, tall guy. Um, Kelly Rudy, I believe, was in net day for the uh, for the Islanders. Yeah, he was. In, in fact, um, this afternoon I was with, uh, I was listening to 960 uh, uh, out of Calgary and uh, Kelly Rudy was on the station talking about that game. And what he's, one thing he said about that game that absolutely amazed me is back in the day, he goes, like, we had nothing. There was no, like, uh, between periods, it was just water. There was no snacks. There was no bananas. There was Fruit, no bananas, whatever it is. Like, no, no refueling. He goes, well, I hadn't, when that game was over, the last time I had eaten was at 12.30 at our pregame meal. A pasta dish, probably something heavy that they wouldn't even have. Yeah, with, yeah. With, 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 with chicken and maybe some tomato sauce. They're Crazy like, how so, things have changed. Yeah, yeah, and they just worked that game on adrenaline and, and water. And then the first thing he did when he got off the ice, he goes, I was so I took off my, my skates and my toes just curled because <laughs> I was so dehydrated and I canned two beers so quick. I, I never <laughs> Would you get so now it makes, it makes you more dehydrated. Uh, yeah, I've never drank <laughs> two beers so quick in my entire life. <laughs> so oh, it was it funny. was good. That was that was in 1987. So uh 30 35 years ago, man. Ago today. Wow. Boy, that's a long time. It's, it's a lifetime ago for most people, but we're still ticking, Dave. We're still ticking. Oh, and just adding content all the time. Just adding content all the time. Who knew? Anyways, we haven't we haven't had a full list of who was better, Dave. I sat down the the bar tonight, had a couple of beers, had a couple of Hell's Basements, and uh, got to a pretty good list, I think. Uh, mixes things up a little bit between music and uh, actors. We went through in a, a model in the end of this week. Some sports is obviously because it's a fourteen twenty sports podcast. We'll start with uh, a broadcaster. And a, uh, a Stanley Cup winner, Dave. Who is better, Darren Detitian or Darren McCarty? 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'll go Dutchie. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on the like. I understand the role of the tough guy, and I think McCarty is a good guy. Made uh, his bones with the Detroit Red Wings when they were good, and then he he rode that for a bit. Seems like a really good guy. Couple rings, I think. Yeah, couple rings. Yeah, but Dutchie, uh, I think he's a soldier with TSN. Ah, fuck. I'll take I'll take Detition by a nose. I I like Detition when he was on Sports at eleven or eleven thirty. They changed no Sports eleven on ITV in Edmonton back in the early nineties. Him and uh, Perry Solkowski, they were great. They kind of changed the way uh, highlight shows were done at that time. The the, the Detition was all his one liners. He was really really good in the early nineties. I thought he was fantastic. He was really good, and like, and it's old school. Like, it's not just highlight, 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 highlight. Like, it's actually lending some personality to the show. A yeah. la, um, and the only ones that do that anymore, while well, like, and they let Dan O'Toole go, like Dan O'Toole go, um, O'Toole and uh, Jay Onright for TSN. Like, it's personalities matter, but the sports show is done as we know it. I agree. Personalities matter so much more. And I think maybe not our podcast, but I think that's why podcasts are because are, are, guys can let out a little bit more personality because they're, they're allowed to say a little bit more. They can express themselves a little bit more. Um, whereas you have to toe the company line because you still have the, the uh, Karens of the world watching television and listening to the radio and everything else. I think that's why podcasts become more popular because we're getting back to guys having some personality and saying what they believe. That's my personal opinion. And also like the salary, like, like, you know, like the highlights are the highlights. It doesn't matter who reads them. We're not giving a raise. This is what you want. Fuck off. There's only eight of these jobs in Canada. So take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Got an actress and a, uh, an old pitcher kind of, kind of talking about uh, the guy used to throw a lot of innings. Didn't throw very hard. uh, Left-hander played for 25 years in the big leagues. Let's go. Jamie Lee Curtis or Jamie Moyer? Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis by a country fucking mile. Really? I've been in love with her since treating. Oh, Street. so it's a personal thing. Oh, have you seen her? Do you know what yeah, Jamie Dave, Lee I... Curtis looked like? Yeah. You've I seen her. She... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No debate. That's it. That's it. No debate. Just no. Seen, have you seen her? She's better than Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer had a really long, illustrious career. And not like Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis, apparently. As did Jamie Lee Curtis. Jeez, I thought I'd get more debate out of that one from you, Dave. But apparently, uh, so apparently not. No, Jamie Lee Curtis. Apparently, if Jamie Lee Curtis came knocking on your door, Kaylee better go and hide. Somewhere. Right up my fucking alley. Uh, I didn't think that would be that much of a uh, uh, nut. Knock down, drag them out. See you oh, later. Oh no, there's a sock that's uh, to wash because of her. Before we talked about him a little earlier on the show, free agent to be 
Uh, Calgary Flame guys uh, got 98 points, I believe it is. I couldn't believe when I heard they had 98 points. Uh, Matthew Kachuk or Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> I'd way rather be McConaughey than Kachuk. I respect the job that Kachuk does. He plays for the Flames. But all right, all right, all right. We'll take – I'd way rather have – the life experience of Matthew McConaughey than Matthew Kachuk. He seems like a Not pretty, like, a, like there's some, like there's some stuff like, oh, fuck, there's no way, but he seems like pretty relaxed dude. Pretty chill. He's got a fucking endless amount of dough in the bank, but that doesn't seem to uh, adjust his attitude. And just towards so life. goddamn cool when he's just cool. Yeah. yeah. Just cool. I remember seeing him a thousand years ago, uh, around the time that the, uh, um, days confused was on. Uh, first hit the, the the VHS tapes back then. He was on the Rosie O'Donnell show talking about beer bum chicken. First time I ever heard of that. I was like, what the fuck? This guy is some kind of cool. Uh, bongo drums on the roof and naked and the whole bit. No, McConaughey, uh, he's uh, Kachuk. He's going to make himself a lot of dough. Uh, hopefully wins the Stanley Cup in his career. But uh, as of right now, Matthew McConaughey for me is also a who is better. Um, let's go with a model and a Stanley Cup winner, Dave. Cindy Crawford or Stanley Cup winner, winning goaltender Corey Crawford. Oh, like why are you doing this? Like these are women right in my like right in your wheelhouse, eh? Right in my wheelhouse. Cindy Crawford was so sexy. Uh, there's no chance. There's like Crawford just happened to be there. He was a B plus. He he might as well be named Dwayne Rollison. But Cindy Crawford is. Yeah, you know, like it's not even close again. It's it's Cindy Crawford by a country mile. My problem, not problem. I mean, they, they serve their fuck. That's gonna sound horrible. They don't serve a purpose. They're they're women. They're human beings. But all models to me are the same thing. Like you just you you just described Corey Crawford as they're B pluses. Yes, they're beautiful. But no matter who's wearing that pair of jeans. That's who's on that fucking thing. They didn't don't do anything. Just well, because they're just well, because they're, they're hot doesn't mean that they're any good at what they're doing. Well, they don't demean them for a second. Like, what about <laughs> every? Well, no, 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 no. What about every pro athlete on the planet, man or woman? Right? It's this is about market marketability. And then, like, so many pro athletes right now are so worried about the brand, they want to become more like the model. They're trying to cash in on what the model has the model like yes you're 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 absolutely gorgeous and you wear this clothing well all right Pay but a lot of times they don't even wear the clothing that they're that they're that they're that they're like you're a guy like are you buying guest jeans because fucking cindy crawford's wearing guest jeans in the 1990s me probably not well you know me better than that but obviously it works because People do these things, right? And and there's people that spend a lot more clothes, uh, money on clothes than you and or I. I've been wearing fucking Levi five hundred one since grade fucking nine. The same fucking pair. Well, no, I you <laughs> know what I I have a half of my jeans hanging in my closet are older than my son. There you go. Uh, let's go one, but athlete and a rock star, uh, nineteen eighty eight World Series champion. Home run in game one, Kurt Gibson or Kirk Hammett of Metallica? (laughs) 
I do like uh, Metallica. I have seen Metallica live. Hell of a concert. Really good. But uh, I love those uh, that I think I want to say 84 uh, Detroit Tigers with Kurt. Roar of 84, yeah. Yeah, Alan Trammell and Kurt Whitaker. Uh, fuck, I could. Uh, Parrish was the catcher. I'd like, obviously, yeah. I know. Kirk Gibson, and then that that home run that he hit with the Dodgers. That's legendary. That's legendary. That's a legendary moment. Even though I'd love to be in a rock and roll band, as especially of the size and following of Metallica, I'll take Kirk Gibson on this one. See, I, I no, I'm a I'm Gibson all the way on this 100. But the thing is, is that do you think rock stars, music stars, more more mu- music than actors? Because actors fuck them because they're weird. But rock stars probably get that feeling every night with the crowd in front of them. I agree. You know what I mean? They become hair. Oh no, without a doubt, because like so, the unexpected, and and you never know when that moment is going to happen at, 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 at in the sporting arena, right? But when you're a rock star, especially of a big, you know exactly what's going to hit when it's hitting. It's, it's like you think the hair in their neck still stands up when they hit that note that they're supposed to hit. At times it might, like, but like I can also understand it being, uh, you know, commonplace now. Oh, that crowd didn't really pop when it was supposed to pop. Like, that's it. I was expecting this. So I fucked this up. Like, I don't, I like, I honestly don't know. I would, I would hope it it becomes cool, but like like anything, right? When when everything is super cool all the time, it's like all of a sudden it's not super cool anymore. Like if you have steak for dinner every night, some days you're gonna wake up and it's like I don't want steak anymore. I'll have, I'll have a hamburger, same fucking cow, but whatever. <laughs> Our prawns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 14 choice sports podcast uh who is better dave one of my favorite uh favorite segments i got another one for you uh this one might be a little too early in this guy's career but let, let's just no let's not uh crash davis i know he's one of your favorite movies of all time crash davis or alfonso davies ah way too early uh crash davis right now um, I don't think Alfonso Davies really does have a chance, um, even though I totally respect um, what he's doing right now. But he is only 21, and then and the wisdom of Crash Davis is not to be trifled with. What if somehow, some way, the Canadian men's soccer team wins two games at the upcoming World Cup? Does that change your? Uh, your no. opinion on this? No, 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 no. I can't. No, no. Alfonso Davies is only twenty-one years old. Okay, He's what? A kid. If once you're let's let's say in two once again we'll ring Jasper's name up again tonight for fuck's sake. This is the nineteenth time he's he's talked about more than we have tonight. Um, the night of Jasper. The night of Jasper. Uh, let's say that, like I said, Canada wins two games, and then when. Uh, Jasper's 13 years old. You finally let him watch Bull Durham. Um, what's his opinion? 
Um, I'm really not that. I really don't know because obviously Bull Durham is, has very mature themes. Um, but he also loves baseball. The first time I watched it when I was 13 or 14, I think, was the first time I watched it, right? So I'm talking well, about I, around that 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 age group. Well, no, I put you're probably well, what I'm four years older than you, five. Yeah. So I was 19. Yeah, I think I watched it when I was 19. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I watched because um, so nonetheless, he likes baseball more than he likes soccer. I will find out. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Oh, still, speaking of movies, you'll still be wearing those same fucking jeans. I know that. Do you know what movie I watched with the son this weekend? You Smoke. told me at dinner. Yeah, go ahead. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. Fucking rights. I don't know if anybody here has never seen Smokey and the Bandit. That's a classic. I remember you watching that. It was so fun watching that with my when I was kid. A kid. No nudity, the, the couple uh, a couple cuss words here and there, but nothing that he hasn't heard before. Yeah. It was awesome. It Jackie was, Gleason. Was, Jackie Gleason was sheriff uh Buford T Justice. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a good was, that was a that was a very good show, smoking the bad. I, yeah, I haven't seen that in fuck 40, 30 years. I highly years. recommend uh firing up. It's on Netflix uh and tell me one. So, got uh, one or two or three more. I got a few written down here. Uh, Dave, uh, go to a hockey and another rock star. Who is better? E Street Band member Stevie Van Zant or two-time quasi-Stanley Cup winner Steven Stamkos? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to reverse the, um, the, the, the mindset. I think um, the the very reason that I said um, Kirk Gibson over uh, the Metallica guy, I'm gonna say I'd Damn rather it. be Van. I'd rather be uh, Van Zant with E Street Band because they've played everywhere and they're not. They ain't no flash in the pan like Metallica. They well, <laughs> Metallica is in a hall. They're, they're a rock and roll hall of famers. Oh, I know. I was being funny there. Yeah, but you know, um, I'm playing alongside the boss for fucking thirty five years. That's that's a pretty cool gig, too. Um, and Stamkos, you know, I, I like him. I, I think he's a great guy. I, I I think he's been a productive player and a good teammate his entire career. Shitty luck. And you know what? I'll take playing with the Bruce, uh, playing with the Bruce, playing with the boss for that long over shitty professional luck. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Dave, that's all I'm going to go through tonight. I got uh, eight of them in there for you. I'm going to save some for another day because uh, we, touched, we touched on a lot of different things tonight. A lot of fun. Pretty good show tonight, I thought. No, we, we we touched on a lot of bases. We solved some umpiring problems. We uh, well put our two bits in on the Coach of the Year award. So what else do you want from us? Fuck, that's about it. Fourteen. So uh, what we like from you guys is to make sure you talk to people about the show. It helps spread the word more than Instagram and Twitter and Facebook do. Uh, so if you can talk to people about the show and get 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 the word out there about the fourteen twenty podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. There's some pretty cool stuff coming up in the coming days that uh, we're working on with the 
people from Hell's Basement Brewery, which is great, uh, greatly appreciated from them. Um, lots of good uh, things that we're hoping for in the, the spring and summertime. We know that your guys' uh, activities increase throughout the spring and summer. You don't have time to to listen to podcasts, especially ours, because, uh, you know, it's just uh, you get busy doing baseball and soccer and yard work. But while you're doing those things, put the headphones on, put the podcast on, and talk to people about the show because it gets the word out there a lot better. I agree. Like it, 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 it passes a time. You're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to so, fall asleep. You know, so uh, we appreciate all the support, uh, spread the word and, and we're going to just keep on putting out content for you guys. And, and that's all we can do. Yeah. If you can't find us, uh, keep looking because we're everywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, flying on and on and on Google and, What's that one that really rich guy owns? Amazon. I don't know. Why I forget about Amazon. Well, good pods. Uh, good, good pods. pods. Yeah, the good, good pods, pods is on there. We're and what's the one? What was our original one? Podbean. Podbean. We're still on Podbean. They're still our our, our host. Our, our original. So they're, they're actually the ones that they're, they're actually the ones who make money off us because we we pay we pay them the I don't know whatever bucks a month to go through them and host through them and blah blah blah. Really. Yeah, it's not much. Don't worry. Wow. Wow. Well, anyways, I'm not going to worry about it, but like, fuck, we're more popular than Podbean now. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're a pretty big I, pod, podcast host, but anyways, we'll, I know we'll talk about the we'll talk about the ins and outs of, of uh, how how it all works behind the scenes, Dave. But okay. Uh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> thank make you, sure Podbean, for making a start. There you go. 1420 podcast for for beer we're sports talking a whole lot more. Take care of each other, but more importantly, take care of yourself. You need your round. Keep your stick on the ice and what else? Don't swing at high pitches, Jim. Jim, get that song up. Kick your kick the production guy in the ass. Get that song up for us on Spotify. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you guys again on Thursday night. Good night, everybody. Hey, a little bit of haywire too, Jim. I thought like uh black and blue, isn't that what we wanted? A very good song. Black and blue.